Welcome to episode number 11 with We Love Philly creator Carlos Aponte. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week, my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us, and let's dive in. Albert Einstein once said, education is what remains after one has forgotten what one has learned in school. And Mahatma Gandhi once said, live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn as if you were to live forever. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Saponte. This episode today is very special to me. I am really humbled by this entire episode. I am really proud of my students for conducting this interview. So I have my two students, Kasim Karamoko and Sean Tate Webb, actually had the courage and the preparation to come into an interview and really make me think in ways I really haven't thought before in a long time. They were super professional and they actually ran this interview. This was their idea. They wanted to interview me and find out why I created this program and why I'm dedicating so much energy to try to make Philadelphia a better place. Three things we talked about in the episode is the inspiration and steps it took to start a program like We Love Philly. We also talked about how young people have the power to put a stop to the intergenerational trauma loops that their families and themselves are stuck in, and how becoming more conscious of what we consume through our mouths and through our minds can actually make us more prepared and have more energy to deal with everyday struggles. If you like what you hear on the podcast, you can shoot us some feedback on Instagram at we love Philly. You can also give us some feedback at we love Philadelphia on Facebook. If you would like for us to come and volunteer for your organization, send us an email at we love LP Academy at gmail.com. Like I said, I'm super, super excited for this episode. I feel like it has a lot of gold inside of it for people who have grown up in Philadelphia. So I hope you enjoy yourselves, enjoy this ride that my students and I are about to take you on, and have a beautiful day. Hello, how you doing guys, and welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. I am Kasim Karamoko. I'm a student at One Bright Ray Community High School, and I'm also joined by a fellow classmate, Sean Tate, who's also a student at One Bright Ray Community High School. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing all right today. How are you, how are you doing yourself? I'm doing absolutely fine. And today we'll be interviewing the creator behind the We Love Philly program, and he is also a great teacher here at One Bright Ray Community High School, Mr. Carlos Aponte. How are you doing, Mr. Carlos? Thank you so much for the introduction. I appreciate you. I appreciate you both doing this. This is awesome. Oh, likewise. It's, it's super cool to be on the other side of the interview table and actually have students interviewing me. I feel like I have to talk to both of you all the time, and now you, you get to ask me questions, so it's pretty cool. Yes, this will be a fine experience for us. Thank you for allowing us to interview you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What inspired you to help and create this 
organization called We Love Philly. Well, if we're talking about the creation of We Love Philly and what inspired me, I feel like that that might actually make me have to go back in time a little bit. So growing up, I always wanted some sort of mentor in my life. I wanted someone that showed me the ropes and somebody that was there for me. My family wasn't really like a cohesive unit. So I bounced around from different family members growing up. I didn't really have my older brother in my life. My father wasn't in my life when I was younger. So I feel like I wanted a mentor a lot growing up. So once I hit that high school, college age, and I was trying to find what I should do for, for a living, I said, why don't I become the thing that I always wanted growing up? So I was like, maybe that could be a teacher. Let me try to be a teacher and be that mentor for people who didn't have somebody growing up, who didn't have someone to show them the ropes, didn't have someone to show that they cared. So I decided to become a teacher, went to Temple University, graduated from Temple, and then I've been working at One Bright Ray Community High School. Working at One Bright Ray Community High School, I noticed really quick the student population was a lot like I was when I was younger. So at One Bright Ray, we service overage and under-accredited students. So most of our students are 18 to 21 years old. This is their second, third, or fourth chance at a diploma. So there's a lot of high school dropouts. There's a lot of court-ordered students who come to our school. So I noticed right away that they needed something outside of school to keep them engaged with school. So what I actually started to do was a program called Students Run Philly Style. So I was training my students to do half marathons and the Broad Street Run. And through doing that, I saw the power of mentorship, spending that extra time outside of school for free because I feel like a lot of my students think a lot of teachers just do the job for the money, which I think if they really knew how much money teachers make, they wouldn't think that. But a lot of students, once they were outside of school with me and I was able to spend that one-on-one -on -one time, I saw the biggest changes in those students. A lot of those students ended up going to college, ended up being the first in their families to go to college, ended up being the first in their family to even graduate high school. So it was an amazing thing to see the power of mentorship. So this past year, I decided not to do students around Philly style and I wanted to create something that I thought would help my students even more than long distance running. So my student population, like I said, they come from a lot of places where most people don't know that experience. And a lot of my students think Philadelphia is the worst place ever, I'll put it that way. They don't think Philadelphia is a place with opportunities and they have a very, very negative connotations of Philadelphia. So I figured that if I could create a program that would one, get them to see different parts of the city and all of the people that are actually making Philly a better place and two do something that will humble them a little bit a lot of my students don't believe that they can learn something from people who don't understand them so I wanted them to to actually have an opportunity to teach other people through volunteering which in turn will help them learn to become better people. When you're volunteering for people who have maybe a little bit less than you, like my students come from places where they don't have a lot, but they're also helping people who sometimes don't have anything. So that sort of humility shows them that actually helps them with their own situation and in turn helps them become grateful for what they actually do have. 
So I decided that the We Love Philly program will actually be able to tie in showing the students around. It will actually be able to teach them necessary skills that are going on in the 21st century. Film editing, video editing, doing interviews, networking, all of these skills that aren't necessarily taught inside of a high school. I feel like it was a great opportunity for them to learn these skills and then hopefully they'll apply it once they get out of school. Wow. That was beautiful. And it's funny, it's a great thing you're doing this because we students are looking for teachers that do, do things like these. So when is the day you said, I will, I will create this program? What exact day did you come up with the idea to say, I will create We Love Philly? So it was about two years ago. I started to think that I wanted to have my own outside of school time program. So I was thinking, what can I do to have a program and what can I do to have parents trust me with their students when they have no idea who I am? So I figured if I want something new, I have to do something new. I have to be something new. I have to do new things. So I said, well, what's something that will get me out of my comfort zone? What makes me uncomfortable? And I said, okay, talking to strangers makes me uncomfortable and meeting new people makes me uncomfortable. So I was like, all right, so the best way to crush that fear and crush that uncomfortability would be to strap a GoPro on my head and just go around Philadelphia helping people that I don't know, having conversations with people I don't know, and catching that footage. So I actually started doing that a couple years ago and I had no idea what I was going to do with the footage. I just figured that one day there would be something that I would be able to do. So over the past two years, I've been researching how to start my own business, how to do all of these different things that got me to this point. And over the last two years, I've been developing different curriculums that I'm going to eventually use for my own program where I can help students, especially teenagers, because I feel like teenagers are like kind of the forgotten group in Philadelphia. Everyone in Philly is trying to help young kids, babies, toddlers, but I feel like a lot of students who are 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, they're really being left behind and no one's actually worrying about them and they basically go, well, this is society's problem now. So I wanted to get rid of that stigma, so I started developing different curriculums and I started to want to put it into action. So I said, what better place than at my school I could start putting these curriculums to practice and I could actually get my students involved and get them to the point where they could actually run this whole program by themselves without me. So that's you too. Wow. <laughs> that's, we that's, would be honored. Yeah, that's, that's my eventual goal is to have this be a whole student self-sustaining project. And then I'll be able to start introducing other parts of my curriculum and other lessons that I have. And just try to help as many people as possible. I feel like in order to help as many people as possible, you need to be the change you wish to see. I know it sounds really cliche, but I thought I'll get out there. I'll help it. I'll tape myself helping people. And then once I started showing my students, they wanted to get involved because they saw me doing it. So now we're all doing it together. And now hopefully the rest of Philadelphia sees it and they'll start volunteering more. They'll start putting themselves out there more. They'll start doing things that make them uncomfortable and overcome those fears. That is amazing. Thanks. That is a lot of information taken at once. <laughs> yes, this is great. And we just, I love this because we need more people like you in the world. Once you told me that you would like this to be a whole united thing, like a we, since we have We Love Philly, you love you want there to be a We Love Chicago, We Love. So yeah, you're really, you really want this to be a global thing for humans to get together, communicate, and and start to trust each other. Because you know we watch news a lot, 
and they condition us to not trust each other, to think that the city that's called brotherly love isn't safe. Well, it shouldn't be that way. We should be able to, like you said, what you're doing is absolutely perfect timing for what we need to do to communicate with each other. So what keeps you motivated to keep going? Even when, do you ever have any doubts, self-doubts when going and doing, attending these programs? So what keeps me motivated is definitely the students, watching them interact with people they've never interacted before and watching them do things that they've never done before. So that is always, always a big motivation for me. Also, I am starting to love the process. I know that my mission, and I don't even say my mission, I feel like our mission, I know that our mission is going to take time. It's not going to happen right away. So I have to love the process, I have to love the steps, I have to love the interviewing. I have to love going out and meeting new people because it's going to take one, two, three, four, five years. I don't care how long it takes. It's going to take however long it needs to take. But eventually, like you said, through this communication, through this connection, through breaking the stigma that you shouldn't trust your neighbor, or if you come from poverty, that you shouldn't trust who you who are next to you. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's one of the best ways out of poverty is to work together, get the people on your block working together, getting your people on the block to support one another, getting the people all together and help helping you all build a, a self-sustaining sort of platform for everyone to support each other and get each other out of the situations that they're in. And like you said, I don't think there's any reason this cannot be in every major urban city. There is a need for more opportunities for teenagers and other young people to go out and learn their city. And what better way to learn their city than to being of service to people in the city. And then that could break even the fears that older people have with younger people. And that could, it just shatters all fears when you replace the ignorance that we have towards one another with education, with experiences, with learning from one another. So. We're, we're just beginning. This is just the beginning. But I feel like over time, this is something that I would love to see everywhere. Just spreading that peace, love, and positivity as much as, as we possibly can. Wow, that was great. Yes, I agree with everything you just said. Because you said once students get to break out their comfort zone and start doing things, they can inspire others as well. And I see it myself because students here also ask me, when are you doing the next volunteer thing? Kind of, when is it? Can I come with y'all? Do you get paid? And then I'm tell and then I explain to them it's not really about the money aspect, it's about us getting together and becoming one, becoming, realizing that we could unite and most adults that are past the age of students that don't do these things, they could get inspired and want their kids to be a yeah. part of this. Yeah, I love that you say that. I find that to be really, really true. Is when young people start to do things and they do it over an extended period of time, that their actual parents or their loved ones see them. And especially if they did teach them that and they're doing it on their own, they start to ask the questions, where did you learn that? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And once parents are asking their kids that, that means they are curious and they want to learn and they might be willing to do it because they see you doing it. Young people are the, are the true leaders. You can be the leader for your family. The pain can stop with you. All of the trauma and pain that we all went through growing up, we notice that that's not the way it's supposed to be. Our parents might not notice that this is a, a, a healthier, normal state of being, but we notice it. So I feel like it might be up to us to be the ones to help spread that light to our parents and be that, that guiding force for our family. And once we start to do it, then they might start to do it. I mean, that's at least my experience with my, my own family.
once I started to make changes, they started to make the changes as well. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Most definitely. It really is a beautiful thing to see others get inspired from someone doing good instead of being attached. Because some people are so comfortable with being negative. They, they've made it like a neurological pathway in their brains that this is how the world is. And no, like you said, you are here to show students that they can change that. And we students will support you all the way to share the light and see that life can be way easier and more simple. And us coming more together in a fun way, exciting way. Like when we were kids, we were we were happy to see our friends. We were yeah. happy. We didn't expect a lot of, we just were so present in the moment. And that's a beautiful thing for students to get together, like you said, and as a community, build each other up. So they could, like you said, end the trauma process. We yeah. can show students how to better raise your kids so they could continue to raise their kids and a generational thing. So yeah. what you're starting right here is amazing. And what do you think? Would you like this to go on generationally? Oh, absolutely. Why not take that model that it takes a village to raise a child instead of trying to show your battle scars and show how tough you are by doing it all alone? Why not all work together, all help each other to rebuild our communities, to rebuild our families, to rebuild our city, to rebuild just the regular state of being for people who are constantly in a state of suffering? And I understand it. I, like you asked earlier, do I doubt myself? I doubt myself a, a lot. I doubt myself a lot. It's something that's self-doubt. It's a program that was put into me from childhood, from not having close ties with a, a father or a mother or a brother or a sister. So that self-doubt, doing things that you don't believe that you could have done before and actually doing them, there's no other way to replace that doubt than taking that action. And this isn't just helping everyone in the city that we come in contact in. It's also helping me it, tremendously. I'm doing things that I've never done before and, and it's working. So it's a beautiful thing to see and it builds your self-confidence to help people. Definitely. Yes. It's, it's beautiful. Like when you once told us that trust the process, like you re reaffirmed in this interview, the process is beautiful. Get comfortable with the unknown. Yeah. And you'll see beautiful things. Yeah, I agree with that. Most definitely. Yeah, all the possibilities in the unknown. You already know what you know. So you have to do the things you don't know, and then you'll have different life results. Results. Nice, yeah. thanks. Okay. Yes, I agree. So, Sean, what is your experiences from having him as a teacher? What have you learned from him? I learned a lot of things from Aponte. He's taught me so much about, like, psychosocial development and how the mind works when you're growing up it's like it's crazy i never thought that like as a kid you would experience shame and self-doubt and all this other stuff i didn't really think that that would affect you throughout your entire life especially when you get into adulthood it's, it's amazing like that yeah yeah well thank you i learned so much from both of you as well from all of the students i learned so much there's the patience aspect of it there's the you think you were able to let something go and then you have a student who's going through something that you might have went through and then those feelings come back up in you and you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's kind of like, um, I feel like Kasim, you say this a lot, but it's kind of like we're all mirrors for one another. You, you start to see when someone else has a problem that that problem might be inside of you and then like we do with this program, we can use it to help one another deal with that trauma and yeah especially in our psychology class. I feel like we do that a lot. Definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah, you were on the news once about the what came about for you to run with the students and how did you guys communicate with the news channel for you guys to be interviewed? Yeah, so when I was with Students Run Philly Style, mm-hmm. Students Run Philly Style reached out to me and wanted to uh, highlight a team for the Broad Street Run in 2017. So I had a good relationship with Students Run Philly Style. So they asked me, they came out to the school, we got to take pictures with the news and we got to run. And it was just a good story. We actually had a student who experienced homelessness and coming back to One Bright Ray kind of got him back on track. And we actually started to all, when we all started to run together, he started to let me know all this. And we were able to work through some of his issues that he was going through and help him get housing and reunite with his family and he basically said running helped save his life being able to commit to something train for it over an extended period of time and then complete the end result which was the broad street run that actually changed his life so that story was a great piece that we thought should be on the news to share with other maybe high school students who are going through the same thing that is truly amazing that is a really wonderful story that you've just shared it is really inspiring to hear that like, someone can change their life dramatically from common things like, you know, like, fixing their self in, in yeah. their own head. Like, knowing that they can do this instead of doubting themselves yeah. and not doing it. Well, it's hard. It's really hard. Because you have people who I've taught who think that it's pointless. What's the point of trying? They kind of take that nihilistic point of view to the world. But once they start to, like you said, change themselves... Then they start to gain that self-confidence. They stop making the excuses of why things can't change. And then they start Mm -hmm. putting it into action. And once they make that commitment over a long period of time, they go, wow, I'm not that person I was before. That was just like my pre-evolution stage. I know you're into evolving, right? Definitely. So that I'm actually evolved now. I actually did something I never thought I was going to do. I did it for a long period of time. And that's actually inside of me. This is actually a part of me. I can stick with something, finish it, get rewarded, and help other people do the same thing. And that yeah. you can't put a price on that. That's unbelievable that, like you said, that students can go through all of that in about five months. But when you do something you never thought you could do, it's, it's like breaking down that first wall in your mind that Mm -hmm. first roadblock and then if you can keep them going after that that momentum is going to carry you forward Mm -hmm. right yeah that's amazing you see listeners this shows you that you could do anything you put your mind to there goes a great teacher who was inspired to do things because growing up he was looking for mentors and now he's being a mentor he was looking for it's about becoming what you want to see in the world if you want to become good, you become good. If you want to become whatever you put your mind to, you go for it and you'll achieve it. And then Mr. Carlos Aponte, is, he's really, he, live, he really lives by this. From my experience with me coming into this school, I was happy about the experience, but I was starting to lose motivation to continue. And, and then I had him as a teacher and I just seen him jumping on the table. And <laughs> I, he was sad, excited. He was speaking to, I'm talking about love positively and healing and how that brings us together because love truly clears all illusions. So that reminded me, keep going, keep going, be keep going, because I was really feeling, I wasn't, I was really not feeling motivated for school at one point. And to have a teacher like this is what inspires me to continue, to have to see people who at her act, who has their creative side, who made sure they catapult to the level of their best potentials. 
Thank you. He's a perfect example of it. Thank you. It inspires us students to continuously go. He makes us laugh, makes us joyous, and it, it reassures us that we can be happy without somebody telling us, be quiet. Definitely. How were, is your experience being a teacher at One Bright Ray Community High School? It definitely has its ups and downs. I don't want to lie. I love teaching. When you're a good teacher, you're in a constant state of giving. You're constantly giving your energy to all of your students for about eight hours a day. Sometimes on some days, depending on what students are going through, you don't get any of that energy back. There's no reciprocity. So some days I would leave and I, I will feel drained, right? If the students aren't listening, if they're not doing what they need to be doing, if they're saying one thing or doing another, it gets exhausting. It really gets exhausting. Mm -hmm. But it's another reason why I believe that I needed to start the program. A lot of our students, by the time they get to One Bright Ray Community High School, some of them don't think that school, a school setting, is a place where learning happens. So they come to this school and they think learning is a joke because of their experience in Philadelphia before. I'm not saying anything surprising when I say that Philadelphia School District doesn't have a good history of providing a quality education. So when by the time they get to our school, I feel like a lot of them believe that the school is not a place that they can learn. This is a place I have to go to to get my high school diploma. So I said, why not develop something outside of school, kind of change the classroom around, bring it outside, bring it into a computer lab or bring it into programs that they've never used before and actually go through that and change it up, change the setting up, and that actually will inspire them. So I had to use some more energy after school to get this to happen but then I was able to get that reciprocity I have students like you and Sean and Mafanta and everyone else Nasir everyone who's who's volunteered for us they give the energy back while we're doing the volunteer work because you can see how happy you all are doing it you can see you all making the connections and networking and becoming friends and now you all hang out together and watching you all do this is like wow okay here's the difference that I know is working with our student population and now that's given me that extra charge. Teaching is exhausting. There's a reason that a lot of teachers are burnt out after five years, but this is something that I know that I'm supposed to be doing so I can constantly get that energy back when I'm doing things like this. So this keeps me going. That's great. And it will, your energy, will, it will amplify because what you give is what you receive. Exactly. And you're activating tons of students to activate others in the future. Yeah. Subconsciously, consciously, whatever. They, you, you're planting a seed that's going to grow into trees and, oh, thank you. and wipe out the weeds. We're in this <laughs> till the end. You activate me, inspires me to want to help other people. Yeah. So your energy is not being wasted. That As long as you reach at least one person, that one person that. will generate that energy and share it with others. I caught myself actually speaking to my sister yesterday like you. She was like, <laughs> she said, oh, we're, we're not friends with her no more because she traded on us. I'm like, that's probably something she was going through. Like, I caught myself diving deep and wanting to understand her emotions because you take the time out to want to understand our emotions. Mm. So that and then that shows her that she could trust me. Then she could talk to her friends, open your heart and have forgiveness for everyone. Nice. You know, because well, thank you. Yeah. yeah but, and that's, that's awesome. Good that's, for you. That's yeah, it's most definitely. Wow. So Sean, what is your experiences from have do you leave happier after leaving his classes? Definitely is 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 crazy to see like a teacher be so positive all the time. It's like he's inhuman. It's weird. It's like it's not really. <laughs> yeah. 
crazy. It's like really crazy to see a teacher be so positive and like make other students be more active in lessons because in most schools that I've been to, the teachers don't really, they're not really interactive with their students. They they just talk. Like, yeah. They're just in front, just, just talking. They don't really pay attention to how the students are really acting. It then when a student acts out, they get angry or something like that, and they flip out at that kid. And they don't actually talk to them and see what the problem is. Yeah. And yeah. that's great. Yeah, that was, that was some of my experiences going through Philadelphia as well. Like we were talking about earlier, you really, if that is a problem and you notice that's a problem, then you have to be the person to change that. Why else would you notice it's a problem if you didn't have the power to do something about it? So, yeah, that's the reason I became a teacher, because especially a history teacher, I said, how does, how does someone have all of history to work with and they make it boring? Mm-hmm. You have all of history to work with as a history teacher, and you somehow make it boring. So I had a lot of boring history teachers, and then I was like, let me be a history teacher that does it a little bit different. But I appreciate all your kind words. I wasn't expecting this at all. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, you deserve it. <laughs> and what allowed you to become such a, such a deep philosopher? I would consider you a philosopher. You you explain words in a way that really touches us. What inspired you to learn the deeper aspects of this world we're living in? So it's all, in my opinion, it's all a journey of self-discovery. I was super lucky maybe three or four years ago to have a revelation myself about how I was living and the trauma that I was inflicting on other people because of my trauma. I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best family member. I wasn't the best boyfriend. I wasn't the best fiance. I wasn't the best person. I really used a lot of people to get what I want. I was very, very manipulative. And one day I kind of had that, that lightning strike in my head that I wasn't that good of a person. And I needed to start to be the opposite so I could deal with those traumas to prove that I'm able to really let them go. So I was lucky enough to have a couple mentors along the way that, to show me and to teach me. And like you said, just being a history teacher, I know that there's people who've went through what I've went through before so I could learn from them. And I just collected as much knowledge as possible and then started to make it my own and the way you make it your own is you stop talking about it and you start being about it and I feel like that's what the the soul of we love Philly is is to go out there you say you love your city you say you put on for your city you say you rep 215 all right do we really rep it or are you just saying are you really going out to change the the hoods or the communities we live in or are you just saying it are you really making a good name for Philadelphia or are you complaining about it, saying it's dirty, saying it's violent, saying it's all these things, which is the easy way out? They are those things, but they're also the opposite things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the whole soul of We Love Philly is to be inside, in the, in the mix, be in there and actually start changing it using young people because this world is yours. It's... It's not these older people who aren't going to be around. You're the people that are going to lead. So it's time to get started earlier. There's no reason why you can't, right? Like I teach you in class, there's kings and queens who are 13, 14, 15 years old, running entire countries. There's no reason why we can't inspire wow. inspire everybody on our, on our block to, yeah. to be better people. But it starts with me starts with you starts with changing yourself so that's how i got to this point was admitting that i was not a good person admitting that i was 
putting my trauma onto other people and admitting that I needed to start to change my life before it spiraled out of control and I did some things that I wouldn't be able to take back or ask for forgiveness for. Wow, it's very inspiring and this is what keeps us going. This would activates us on higher levels because it, as, as well, I could, from my experience, traumas in schools, I went through the same process, you know. I was a person that got bullied a lot, that got everything taken away from him. And it's funny, I built a resistance to ignore it up until a certain point. My seventh grade year, that's when I really was like easy to get triggered. Like if you yeah. touch me, I would be like, hey, like I would be easy to react. So as I grew, I was, I felt like I was in a world I wasn't meant to be in. I feel like, why am I so nice? Why, why do people want to see this side of me? But that reminds me, people wants to see and you what's in them. They want to trigger you. They want to, they want to express, they want the anger that the trauma, the experience through everyone. So they, I'm happy I built the resistance around that, but I have gotten to a, little, a few altercations with other students and I will always feel bad. I always be like, this is not why I came to school. I will always mm -hmm. tell myself, this yeah. is not the reason I came to school. My mom didn't send me here for me to get talked about, for me, people to compare, to build the projector insecurities on other students. I'm like, one mm -hmm. day something's gonna happen. But I didn't have the words. I remember you told us, once you put new words, new thoughts in your head, new, read more books, that would, that's what activates you. Now you can see a whole new world. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and meeting you is the embodiment of it. I remember when the first time I seen you, I said you were a reflection of me because it, to me you were you were expressing a, a version, a loving community that I imagined one day, and I mm -hmm. finally seen you now. It was a blessing to see you oh, thank first you. day, and that and ever since then I've been working on myself, not letting people words get into me, not letting and I and it was, it was so worth it being positive. People think oh the nice people are last, not at yeah. all. Yeah, I appreciate you. In order to have new thoughts, you need to know new words. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at right now in school, right? We need to learn these new words because we keep trying to solve the same problems with the limited amount of words we know. Definitely. So once we learn these new words, we'll have these new thoughts, we'll have these new actions, we'll have this new person, then we'll have this new destiny. But it all starts with that self-care that we always talk about and that self-love and doing what you know you need to do that others aren't doing. And then that will get you where they're not going to get. So you got to, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Keep pushing yourself. And like I said, this is a journey for me as well. Doing all of this stuff is all new to me. And I'm super grateful to be learning it all with you. Amazing. That's amazing. I heard you're also a vegan. What inspired <laughs> you to go vegan? So growing up, I would eat. A minute steak. I don't know if people know what minute steaks are, but we would eat a minute cheese steak. I would eat one every night. So by the time I was in high school, I was 220 pounds. Oh. After high school, I was still eating, still eating, still eating. And I noticed that I was eating because I was in pain and I didn't want to experience that pain. And food was kind of the escape. So once I started to do my own research and I actually saw a doctor who practices in traditional Chinese medicine. And he told me a lot of health problems that I was experiencing on a daily basis after like a quick checkup with him. And he told me a lot of the remedies for it were in what I was eating. So he put me on a specific diet and I changed my diet, changed my eating. I lost 60 pounds and Amazing. I feel like a brand new person. So I sleep better, I feel better. 
and I just am a lot more disciplined. Changing my diet and changing what I ate made me a more disciplined person, made me learn self-control, made me learn that I don't have to eat things for mouth pleasure, I should eat things for body pleasure. So I only eat things now that give me energy and I try to stay away from things that take my energy away. So that is what kind of inspired me and then just seeing other people doing it, seeing it was possible, seeing vegan bodybuilders and then realizing, oh, okay, there's a way to do this and get enough protein, there's a way to do this and have enough energy, there's a way to do this and get enough B12, there's, a, there's ways to do it. And then my fiance also helped a lot. She actually was a vegetarian when we met in high school and I actually turned her to eating meat back then. And then once we got a little bit older, we, uh, we stopped eating it together and then she feels a lot better. I feel a lot better. So it gives me the energy that I need to be a better teacher and a better person and a better mentor. So I don't want to change it if it's still working for me and I feel good. Wow, that's where that Superman energy comes from. <laughs> Dun, da, da. So eating, does eating better for you actually help you think? Oh, abs oh, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. Yes. So once I changed my diet, I, uh, I was diagnosed ADHD at the age of four. So I was actually on Ritalin from the ages of four to 12 years old. So I took Ritalin three times a day for eight straight years. So when I got off Ritalin, I had, I want to say my mind was still speeding. Like I constantly had chatter over and over again, all throughout my mind over and over. And it, it caused a lot of problems in high school for me. And it caused a lot of problems later in my life. It kind of like had a part in me not being able to see how my actions affected other people. And once I changed my diet, I noticed the chatter started to slow down in my head and it started to go away once I started to eat healthier. And then I combined that with uh, daily meditation practice. And now I feel like I'm way more conscious of my brain and the, the cycles and the hamster wheels and the loops that I get stuck on. Mm -hmm. And I now have the tools to be able to get out of it. And definitely food has helped with that tremendously. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. How can we help more students eat to eat healthy? Because most students, they get tired when, once they get to school because of the breakfast they ate. Or yeah. the, the, because in our community in Philadelphia, is a lot of stores that sells chips and processed foods and GMO foods. Not to get off topic, but with better energy from my experience, me also trying to veganize and trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, it gave me more energy. Yeah. And most people think I'm high on drugs. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> he's on Molly. He's, I'm like, no. And like my brother Sean said, you're probably just high on life, yeah. happiness. And um, that inspired me to hear Sean tell me that because that motivated me to say, okay, I'm not a worker. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, really... unfortunately, a lot of students come in here and they eat honey buns and chips and snacks for breakfast. They drink like four juices. And you're right. We notice it in class, right? They start to fall asleep. They start to crash. And yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's that diet, right? It's you are what you eat your cells are made up of the food you put in your body. So if you eat trash yeah. and fake food, then your body's not going to work right. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't like that kind of no, stuff. No, that's what I try to tell students all the time. Our ancestors didn't eat this type of stuff. You should be eating things that have been eaten for the majority of time. No one knew what a honey bun was yeah. 60 or 100 years ago. Yeah. No one knew what any of this food was. There was no beef sticks. There mm -hmm. wasn't the, the, these processed foods that our students are constantly eating. But 
you can't really tell these people these things. It's not your job to tell these people these things. Like we talked about earlier, we don't preach it and yell at people about it. You, all you can do is change yourself. And when people are ready, they'll ask you, why do you have so much energy? Now they're ready to learn. Now they want to know. So you, you change yourself. You be that change. You be patient. And eventually they'll come around and they'll ask. And hopefully, yeah, they'll eat a lot healthier. Because, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's a real problem for our young people today is, is their lack of knowledge when it comes to food and how important health is. We have a lot of students who are constantly chasing wealth and the dollar, and they don't, I don't think they see that even if they do get that money, they're going to end up spending all of that money on all of their medical issues once they get older, like a lot of our family members do. Mm -hmm. I, I told myself a couple years ago, I don't, I don't want to be a person that has the Sunday to Sunday pill case and I have to take three or four pills every single day just to mm -hmm. maintain some sort of equilibrium inside my body. So if I want to inspire young people and try to get them to start eating healthy early, I have to do the same thing. And like you said, with that mm -hmm. energy that I constantly show, maybe that will get them curious and we can try to help each other eat healthier and then get clearer minds and mm -hmm and have more energy and then they can maybe do that for their families as well. And we could start that ripple effect. Yep. That's awesome. Your energy really inspires us. Thanks. And like you said, I'm learning how to develop the energy on my growth process. You teach me how to be myself. So when students do ask me now, well, why are you always hype? I'll tell them I eat more fruits and vegetables. So I, what I have to do is, like you said, put more good energy in me to, to bring out my fullest potential because I want everybody else to experience the same energy yeah. as that. Yeah. And nice. you, you're perfect at that because you leave an impression. They'll, they may go home and see their mom is tired. And when I see my mom tired now, I used to be anxious to tell her, you should eat this because I don't want to tell her what to eat. Yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. you saying, you told me the first day I ever spoke to you, you told me that you, your family followed behind you on a vegan diet. And now my sister is trying to eat more healthy fruits and vegetables. And yeah. now she's talking to my mother. And it's like a ripple effect. That's awesome. It's mm -hmm. happening. Nice. Good for you. Good for your family. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, awesome. actually amazing that, that that can happen. That ripple effect is perfect that you can start something and then everybody else will see that it's improving them improving you and they will start to improve themselves and then people will see that that they're yeah. improving you know yeah. just keep going, yeah, going that's how powerful you are right a lot of us we're coming from where we come from we don't think we're powerful we doubt ourselves but you are a powerful human being you are you can be whatever you want to be you're limitless you just have to face those fears, just like mm -hmm. you're doing right now, being on this podcast. Before we started, you said you were nervous, you didn't know what you were doing, but now you're over here and you're crushing it. And then just those little steps over 365 days a year, you're going to transform into a person that can inspire and help other people. And yeah, that ripple effect goes. Thank you. You're, wow. Thank you. And could you also explain to us how, what are some of the benefits of meditation? You, I seen you actually do meditation with some of the students here. How was the experience with meditation? Uh, meditation's great. It helps you realize that you are in control of your emotions. If you close your eyes and you take a deep breath and you think and you connect that deep breath with something that you love or you connect that deep breath with a feeling, then if you deep breath in the future, that feeling might come back because you constantly have trained yourself over an extended mm -hmm. period of time to connect your breath 
with a feeling and you attach it and then that helps you stay in the moment i have like i said growing up being prescribed ritalin and being on prescription drugs I had a hard time listening and thinking and be, being able to focus on one thing at a time so being able to have a meditation practice and being able to communicate better now is amazing when i started meditating i could only do it for 30 seconds right <laughs> The longest I've meditated now after two years is almost an hour. Wow. And I know people who are who can do a lot more than that. I'm just, I haven't tried. There's still that little insecurity fear, like, can you do it over an hour? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just being able to put a pause to your day, breathe, love what you're doing, love, be grateful, be mindful of all of the blessings you have in life instead of focusing on what you don't have is, is an amazing practice. And yeah something that I definitely want to incorporate more once We Love Philly gets off of the ground and we start to get more well-known and we can branch out from just doing the volunteering and podcasting. Maybe we can start doing group meditations all around Philly and things things like that. That would be cool. I once imagined that too, group meditation before I came back to the school. I seen it, I seen you and I just had the energy like, and I'm looking at the film like, yo, what if me and him, could, we could just be sitting in front of people, giving out cards and meditating together and everybody's just seeing the benefits. Yeah, well, you create the cards. We could sit down and we can create the meditation. Maybe we can have a guided meditation and yeah, I'm down. Yeah, everybody can clear their minds and be open. All right, soon to come for We Love Philly. (laughs) We Love Philly. A lot of great things to come. Tune in, guys. You'll be, you'll be, you'll love this. So I wanted to ask you a question. If you could go back and tell your teenager self three things, what would they be? I knew this was coming because this is the question we always (laughs) ask at the end. So if I could go back in time and tell the teenage version of me three things, one would be to not try to be what who everyone else wants you to be mm-hmm. all right so i like i said i have mentors growing up i didn't really have family ties growing up i felt like i wasn't wanted growing up so anytime i met anybody i would try to become like that person because i mm-hmm. thought that's what they wanted from me and i wanted to fit in and i wanted to try to be like that so i would morph and change my personality to try to be Mm-hmm. what pleased other people and doing that for such a long period of time i developed into a person who would do anything for attention and who would want to be the person that people can't believe that i do things so i would do a lot of bad things i would hurt a lot of people and people would be like what well, you did that and i kind of fed off of that attention so mm-hmm. i definitely go back in time and tell my teenager version to be yourself. Don't try to mold your personality to be what other people want you to be. Uh, The second thing that I would tell my teenage self is to do more. So I would tell my teenage self to go out and try more things, try new things, go, Mm -hmm. go in front of a crowd and talk to them, get in front of an open mic and speak, go and try to do things, more things that you know you're not good at. I had a hard time presenting. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time speaking in front of people. I had a hard time meeting new people and knowing what to say and listening. So I would go back in time and say, hey, it's time for you to start communicating more with other people and communicating with yourself so you can use that once you get older because now I'm in the field of communicating (laughs) and I didn't see that coming. The, the third thing I would say to myself is to learn how to forgive. 
like I said, I had a really rough childhood as a lot of people do in Philadelphia. And I would definitely learn to forgive the people that I held grudges against. People can only treat you how they were taught to be treated, or they can only meet you on the level that they have reached themselves. And a lot of people that I grew up around didn't make me a priority and didn't treat me in a way that I now know isn't a healthy way to raise somebody. So I held that grudge and I put that trauma and pain and I used a lot of people and I tried to get a lot of attention and a lot of love from people while lying and manipulating them. So I would definitely go back and tell my teenage self to practice that forgiveness, forgive those people, have conversations with the people who you think did you wrong so you don't carry those destructive behaviors and hurt a lot of people that you're going to come in contact with. Definitely. Wow. That, that is, that is, that is that amazing. epic. I will definitely speak <laughs> to people I felt like. Yeah. I will definitely take myself out of my comfort zone and just speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, I've that's, done that today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> today. I'm super proud of you. Yeah, that, apply this. That, that forgiveness is, is, I feel like, that number one mind chatter that we were talking about earlier. That's another mm-hmm. thing. Once you change your diet and once you start going back and asking for forgiveness, even for yourself, forgiving and asking for forgiveness and not being scared of consequences if I'm going to throw out a fourth one because I hid behind a lot of lies and I hid behind the fear of having the consequence or hurting someone else when in reality I was just protecting my own feelings from their reaction to what I did to them. So yeah, definitely forgiving others and forgiving yourself for for what you did to people helps with that mind chatter as well. Definitely. Awesome. Wow. This was a beautiful podcast interview. And my again, my name is Kasim Karamoko. This is Shantae Webb. And we interviewed the creator behind the We Love Philly program, Mr. Carlos Aponte. Thank you. This is the new segment of the podcast where we take a minute to self-reflect on the interview and share what we learned. He spoke about the depths and how he created this program and what inspired him to do it. And that inspires me to continuously go and take myself out of my comfort zone. What about you, Sean? I've learned a lot today. I've, I like hearing a lot of information. This is like a lot to take in all at once. And it's like, I'm processing it right now. I'm never going to lie. It's a good um, process. Yes, definitely. Yes. And I'm grateful. And we want to let you know, you listeners know that you are the creators of your reality. Yeah. I mean, like he's a great teacher. He also taught me that just become what you want to be. Instead of saying, I want, say I am. Instead of saying, I want the car, or I want the money, I want the job, I want the diploma, say I am the diploma, I want the... And it, you may, it feels like it's already here. So mm-hmm. you'll enjoy the process as you continue to go. What was your reflections on speaking with Mr. Ponte? It was good for me to hear about all this information and taking it in. I've, I've, I've said this already. It, it's, it's just in my mind at this point. And... It's it's amazing to hear about your personal experiences, Kasim, and to hear about uh, Mr. Carlos's experiences as well, and to absorb that information and just relate it to myself in some ways and then make myself feel a little bit better and think a little bit more openly about how I would, you know, take approaches to things. Exactly. That's great how you said that because it also reminded me of... And his tips, his three reasons on what he would tell his 18-year-old self also inspired me. I looked at it as if he was talking to us, like as we are his 
Back to Future selves. Like, movie Back to Future, time travel. Yeah. But yeah, like, we're in that version. Like, he said, he said, be yourself, forgive others, and try new things. And that's what it's about. That's how we grow. Like, he said, we were nervous before the interview, but as we went on to it, it felt like we've been doing this for years. And this yeah. is what it's about. Continuously growing, expanding our minds, and not yeah. feeling insecure. Let's be kids again. Let's explore life and become the creators of our realities in a good way so we can share it with others. 